0: Well, amen to that. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you would go ahead and open them to Romans chapter 2. And as you're turning there, as we're continuing this in Romans, we've got a, a couple of more weeks before we stop for our Advent, but this is a very critical point where we're at right now. We've been talking about how people need the Lord Jesus Christ and how Paul wanted to go to Rome so that he could express this gospel to the, what was then called the center of the world. And today he's writing to the Jews, is what we're going to be looking at and continuing on with that. But Paul wanted the Jews to understand that their physical act of circumcision did not guarantee their salvation. That was something that they held to and what we have to understand today is the physical act of baptism and church membership does not guarantee our salvation. He speaks to us on that note. And what we have to understand, though, is salvation is through Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ alone by the calling of Holy Spirit and the changing of a heart within a man. If you have your Bibles open there already to Romans chapter 2 and verse 25, if you would stand with me, please, as we read God's word this morning. It says, For indeed, circumcision is of value, if you practice the law, but if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will not. Will he not judge you who, through having the letter of the law and circumcision, are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart by the Spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. Father, I thank you today for your word. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would speak through me and that, Holy Spirit, you would help us to understand what it is that you have for us today. Father, I just pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. What I would like to spend a few moments Today, talking to you about is how religion substitutes for a relationship. We hear people all around that talk about religion and religion this and religion that, but it's about the relationship. And if you remember a few weeks ago when we left off, Paul was talking about the Jews and how they're actions were leading others to not necessarily like the law it's the religion that people don't like when you want to share jesus christ many people are up into the religion and they're into what they see portrayed within the church and it's not the religion that matters but it is the heart the relationship that matters Well, let me begin, first of all, if religion substitutes for a relationship, that means religion is putting something in the place of something else. And the first thing we see in Paul's writing this morning is that there is a symbol in the place or in for the real thing. Symbol substituted for the real thing. And for the Jews, that symbol was their circumcision. Well, what was the purpose of circumcision? We need to understand that. First of all, what was circumcision? Well, if you go into the Bible, it gives you great examples. In Genesis 17, uh, verses around 9 through 12, is where you're given the command from God that every male child... After his birth, on the eighth day, was to be circumcised. Well, what is the circumcision? Without getting too graphic, it's the cutting off of the foreskin around the male organ on the body. But what was the purpose? Everything we do needs to have a reason. Do you agree it needs to have a purpose? What was the purpose then? The purpose was it was a sign of the covenant. God had made a covenant in that Genesis 17 with Abraham. And as a sign of the people in that covenant, they would receive circumcision as a sign or as a symbol that they were in the covenant. If they were in that line of Abraham and they were that Jew, they had that circumcision so that people would know it was a, a symbol of what God was doing. Well, today, if we look at ourselves, we have a symbol that many hold very dear to. And it's the symbol of baptism. We have the baptistry here. You go into most Baptist churches, you're going to have a baptistry. Churches that don't, they'll go out to a lake, a creek, a river, or a pond, and they baptize people, but it's, well, the purpose of it is a sign. It's a symbol of a changed heart. Would you agree with that? That's what baptism is. It's that symbol of a changed life. If you notice, when we take someone in the baptistry and they're standing there and we begin to lower them under the water, the pastor or the one baptizing says, you're buried with Christ in baptism, like we lay someone in the grave. And when they come up, you're raised to walk in a newness of life. There is nothing in that water that does anything for you. It's the symbol that our old self has been done away with and now we're going to be created in new by Holy Spirit from the inside and we're going to walk in a new life. But many hold to that symbol. I've been baptized. I'm going to heaven because I, I went in the water. And Some like to say I had a public bath. Yes, just as circumcision was commanded... By God for a sign of the covenant under the old covenant. Baptism is a sign or a symbol given by God for the new covenant. It's an obedience thing, but it doesn't save us, it doesn't guarantee that. It's an obedience to Christ. We see in the beginning of Matthew around Matthew 3 in verses 13 and 17 where even Jesus himself was baptized. But you know, if you go all the way to the end of the book of Matthew in chapter 28, just before Jesus is getting ready to ascend to heaven, he gives them a command. And that command is given to us today to go ye therefore and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're given that command to be baptized as an obedience. But if you notice there, first he says, go make disciples. Go make followers of Christ. Change what's in the heart. Not followers of self, but followers of Christ. And then you baptize them as a symbol. That's why in a Baptist church, we believe before church membership, there is to be a conversion through faith in someone's life, and then a public display or a symbol of what's happened through baptism, and that you then have to be baptized also before taking communion, because those are all acts of obedience. It's all what's going on, but it's not that symbol. That's all it is. That's what religion is. It's a symbol, not a relationship. Many of you in here are married. You probably have on a wedding ring. Take a look at your wedding ring. Just a moment. Go ahead and look at it. If you've got one on, look at your wedding ring. What is that? If you were married, what was that? That was a symbol of a commitment to a covenant. Does that ring make you married? I don't have on a wedding ring right now. Does that mean I'm not married? No. It's only a symbol of a commitment that was made. It's a symbol of a covenant. You see, circumcision under old covenant was a symbol that you were in the covenant. Baptism under the new covenant through faith in Jesus Christ is a symbol of what's happened. A wedding ring is a symbol of what's happened. So, religion takes the relationship and it replaces it with a symbol. And so many people want to hold on to the symbol that the symbol makes it all. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, the very beginning, God gave this command thinking of the wedding that a man shall leave his mother and father and cling to his wife and what? Become one flesh. You know, that's even repeated over in Matthew and Mark and the other gospels in the uh, New Testament. That's repeated about this symbol and about this commitment to one another. But the ring is only a symbol. The ring doesn't make you married or unmarried. Not only does religion substitute for a relationship through a symbol for the thing, but what about the action for the spiritual? Religion takes the action and puts it in place of the spiritual. What do I mean? Take a look there at verse 26 in Romans. It says... So, if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his circumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who through having the letter of the law and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? See, the action for the spiritual... Paul wanted the Jews at this point to understand that there's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. What's the New Testament all about? But Jesus Christ coming. His life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And Paul wanted them to understand that it was not about the act of circumcision any longer that would save them for their salvation. It was not the act of what it was done. He says here in these scriptures that the uncircumcised, he's basically telling them, you know, even the Jews, they're going to go to heaven too. It's not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. The Gentiles now under the new covenant have a right to go to heaven. And he wanted them to understand that and it was about the new covenant. He said, it's not about you being a Jew. It's not about you having the big J on your chest and walking around for everyone to see it. And holding to that, you know, there are Jews that hold to that, that because I am a Jew, I'm going to heaven. Well, under the new covenant, if you're not a born-again believer through faith in Jesus Christ, you're not going to heaven. It's very clear in God's Word. It's not the Jew or the Gentile, but it's about the covenant. Look, if you would, with me in the gospel according to John chapter 3 and verse 3. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, this was a rabbi asking him a question, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Unless one is born again, do you know what it is to be born again? That is a call of God on an individual life. And through the heart and the conviction of Holy Spirit, someone confessing through faith and putting their belief in the life, the perfect life of Jesus, the Son of God. In his death on the cross to pay our price for our sins, him going into the grave and then coming out of the grave. What's so important that he come out of the grave? Well, two things. Number one, he's alive today, and there's no one else who can claim that. And secondly, he had victory over death, and that victory comes to us as believers through that. And then he has ascended to heaven, and that he's coming back. That's what it is to be born again So he's telling them, it's not about your circumcision. It's not about your letter J on your chest. It's not about your birth. It's not about your heritage. It's not about anything that you have done. It is not about that, but it is about the heart. You see, the Jew had been circumcised under the old covenant as a symbol. But even during then, God began to work. Let's turn to Genesis chapter thirty. Very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 30 and verse 6. Excuse me, that's going to be Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. It says, moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your life. There it is. It's not about the circumcision. Even then says God is going to circumcise your heart. He's going to take it and turn it to him. And with that, he's going to help those descendants to love the Lord your God with all their heart, their soul, and their life and their mind. You know it's not the act of baptism. Baptism we said was a symbol. Religion says it's about the baptism. It's about the act. You know, you must walk an aisle. We hear this all the time. You must walk an aisle, and you must say a prayer, and you must get into the baptistry. See, those are actions. That's what religion does. But the spiritual is there's a call on someone's heart and they cannot resist understanding that their life without Christ is destined to hell and they need help. They need a relationship with the Savior and they surrender to that. That's the spiritual thing. You know, it's not about walking the aisle and being baptized. It's not about walking the aisle and joining the church. It's not about putting a big C on our chest saying I'm a Christian has nothing to do with A Christian is a name that was given as a Christ follower. You know, so many people want to put that C on their chest that I'm a Christian. You know, if you look in the Bible, when the word Christian was used, it was not in a nice note. It was derogatory in their ways, talking about them being a Christ follower. It's not about the actions. It's not about coming to the church every time the doors open. It's not about being the most holiest one to raise your hands the highest. It's not about putting money in the offering plate. There's so many things. It's not about what we're doing. It's about what has changed in our heart. That we love the Lord our God with all of our minds and with all of our souls and with all of our, our beings. Well, why do we so much talk about what the Bible says or things we need to do? Out of obedience, we follow Christ in these things, but our actions don't save us. How about this one for you? The believer in Christ who through confession on Jesus Christ that has never darkened the door of a church and has never been wed in a baptistry is still going to heaven. It's not about the actions of what they did. Do. Now, don't hear me wrong. Yes, we need to be here. We're commanded to not forsake the assembling together. It's obedience. It's obedience that we go into the water of baptism, but none of that stuff matters because it's all a display. It's all a symbol. of what happens, our actions can be anything. No more than this. Picture this. Everyone's gathered here. The lights are dim. The preacher standing in the center of the podium up here, and all of a sudden the wedding music starts. The back doors open. There's a, a groom down front. It's a woman with a big smile on her face, probably the prettiest she may have ever been. And she walks down that aisle, and she's as happy as she is. And she meets this man right down front. The preacher says, "Who gives this woman to be married?" Her mother and I, and they come up on the stage, and that man makes a declaration to a woman that he's gonna love her and stick with her for all of life. And the woman, she makes the same remarks back to him, and they sign that marriage license. Are they married? Maybe legally, a man made law we sign a piece of paper, you're married. But if that man stood up here and he had no love for her, if he had no commitment to her, and he had no desire to be with her, and he had no desire to please her, are they married? Not really. I'm going to say no because he's got nothing for her. She might have meant it with everything she could. But there's no true heart There's no true commitment in it. You know, he could even do all kinds of wonderful things during the marriage, but his actions isn't what it is. The Bible says they're to cleave together, to leave mother and father, and they're to become one flesh. So if there is no commitment on his part, you can mouth all you want to all day long. What is that that they say? Actions speak louder than words. But you know, words... Can also have something to do with what's on the inside. So, religion likes to take a symbol and substitute it for the relationship, which is the real thing. Religion likes to take the actions and substitute them for the relationship, which is spiritual. You know, Paul was even telling them that they would be held responsible as a Jew because you have the circumcision and you have the law, you're going to be responsible. Even those who are physically uncircumcised will still be there. But you know, religion loves to substitute for the relationship. It likes to take the outward for the inward. That's what religion is. It's about look at me. It's about what I have done. Takes the outward for the inward. You know it tells us right here in Scripture verse 28, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. A true Jew is not a Jew based on birth or heritage. A true Jew is a Jew who is one on the inside. That's not me. That's The Holy Spirit speaking right there through Paul. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor a circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. He's trying to tell the Jews that since Jesus Christ came, there's the old covenant and there's the new covenant. And under the new covenant, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God is made with people who will accept him by faith. It is coming to them through faith, through Jesus Christ, not through any outward act. Not through your circumcision, not through your heritage, but it's who you are in Christ Jesus. It tells us that right there, that circumcision is that which is of the heart by the Holy Spirit. The circumcision of the heart comes through the Holy Spirit, and a Jew is one who has been changed on the inside. The prophet Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 4, verse 4, it says, circumcise yourself to the Lord and remove the foreskin of your heart, men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, or else my wrath will go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. So he's trying to get the Jews to understand. It's not about your outward display. It's not about keeping all of the laws and all the things you've done. It's about the circumcision inside of your heart. It's about the relationship. You know, a true Christian is not one that is a Christian on the outside, but is a Christian on the inside. I have met some people in my lifetime that have been what you would call the model citizen, the model Christian. Everything they did was perfect. You'd see them, their smile on their face. They were always at church, they were giving their time, they were singing. They would help people out in the public. They would help people that no one else knew about. If you wrote up your own description of what a Christian is, they met it to a T. But there was no heart change in their life. They might claim to be a Christian, but they're not a follower of Christ. Nothing had ever changed on the inside. You see, we can wear the letter C. We can do whatever we want. All of our actions, we can follow everything in this scripture. We can know, we can know the scripture. But do we know the author of the scripture? That's what makes the difference. I like the story I heard one time before, and you might have heard this. There was a a meeting and there was a very famous orator if you don't know what that is, that's someone who can speak with eloquence. When they speak, people move. And at the end, they were going to kind of have two different people speak, and the orator said he was going to take a request from the audience. And someone said, Would you please recite the 23rd Psalm? This orator got up there and he got all prepared and got behind the lectern. <clears throat> The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he began to make his way in the most beautiful presentation of the 23rd Psalm that you have ever heard. And when he was finished, everyone in the audience stood up, applauded, yelled, and cheered. How wonderful! And then this young man Not very well dressed. He come up. And he stood there kind of meekish. Head held a little bit. And he began. The Lord. Is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he stumbled his way through. The 23rd Psalm. And when he was finished. There wasn't a word, but also there was not a dry eye in the whole room. And someone asked this question What was the difference? And you know, the orator answered that question. He said, I know the 23rd Psalm, but this young man knows the shepherd. It's not about the outward. It's about the inward. It's not about your actions. It's about what's happened. A true Christian a crude Christian, is one who has surrendered their life and their heart to Jesus Christ as Lord through the calling of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. It says, you men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. It's about a calling of Holy Spirit on the heart, on the inside, not about how great we look. To stick with the wedding analogy that we've been using, we've had a a wedding ring, and what was that? That was a symbol of a commitment within to someone else. And then we had the actions over those other and talking about how it was that a man could not love but true marriage is through a commitment. I read of a preacher who had to go away on a business trip and he was staying at a hotel in a lobby and he come down into the lobby and when he was in the lobby, he looked over across the lobby and there he saw a deacon of a church. Well, you know, we all go places, I've been there. But what he noticed was this deacon was sitting there having a very intimate conversation with a woman who was not his wife. And he said what amazed him the most is how he was sitting there with his hand kind of overhanging off probably holding that young lady's hand. The light was shining right on his hand enough to make his wedding ring visible. It was shining. He said, right there for all to see. It's about an inward, not an outward. What does a marriage, what does a wedding ring mean if there's infidelity, if there's nothing in the heart for her What does those symbols and what does all of his actions have anything to do in his marriage if he's not going to be faithful? What does baptism in a church have to do with and church membership? What do the actions that we do in a church have to do with anything if our heart is not committed and surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ? It means absolutely zero. Billy Graham once stated, and I forget the percentage he said, of people who sit in a church every Sunday that are headed straight to hell. People who claim to be a Christian, people who claim to be baptized, they have the symbol, they have the actions, they have all the outward stuff. But you know, they do not have the real thing within them. They do not have the spiritual going on inside of them, and it is nothing that has happened on the inside See, it's not religion that we need to strive for, but for the relationship with Jesus Christ. How often we put the focus on the religion and not the relationship. So I pray today that each and every one of you in here have the relationship and not the religion. May you bow your heads. Father God, I thank you for your love. Father, I thank you for the time that we can come together. Father, I thank you for those that are here. Father, for those that are listening and will be watching later, Lord. But Father, I hope that a message I ever proclaim never talks about the religion. That Father, it should always be about the relationship. Father, I pray right now that you would speak to every heart and that, Father, you would reveal to them if they have religion or if they have relationship. Father, do they have the symbol, the actions, and the outward display? Or, Father, do they have the real thing, the relationship, the spiritual, and that's what's happened on the inside? Father, it's only possible if you were Lord. Father, you're more than Savior. Father, speak to us now. Lord, may we seek hard after you. Holy Spirit, reveal in each heart here today if it's religion or if it's relationship. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would go beyond the hardness of the heart Because those who have religion are set that that's what they need. They think they're good. But, Father, reveal if there's a true relationship. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen.